You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 21 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I am joined, as I regularly am here in the Ram at the heart of Bath, by Tom Hiscott. Tom, did you have a good weekend? Did good long week, uh, long bank holiday weekend. Yeah, it was decent. Yeah, not too bad weather, so it was, it was nice. Did you get up to anything sporting? Not in particular. I don't think Watch, watching it on telly, I guess, but nothing, nothing out there particularly. Yourself? Well, I did. I um, I took in. Wellington's title-winning match against um, against Radstock up at Southfields Recreation Ground. It was a bit of a family affair, so we uh, we had some friends come along as well. We were showing them the benefits of Western League football, and uh, yeah, we put a few on the gate there. Some very very healthy attendances across the uh, the Western League, and we'll be focusing on the fixtures on Saturday, the 29th of April, um, uh, the last, of course, round of fixtures in this year's competition so much that was settled already going into the final weekend but also a few things that uh, that weren't uh, including of course the final li- lineup for the uh, Les Phillips Cup um, which we will be talking about at the end of this episode of the podcast but we start by looking at, a, at the Gloucester FA Challenge Trophy Final it was played on Thursday the 27th of April it was our own member club Cabri Heath who were in the final against Fairford Town and um, not much to separate these two sides Tom no, a game played at Oaklands Park in Almondsbury uh, finished two all uh, after after full time there was no extra time and it went straight to penalties so Corey Simpson had put them 2-0 uh, ahead in early stages, Cadbury Heath that is, uh, before Fairford uh, did manage to fight back and uh, force penalties. And it was the uh, Western Premier League side who, who did the business, uh, converting four of four of their five penalty kicks to win 4-3 uh, on-spot kicks against uh, a Fairford side who have recently been crowned uh, Hellenic Division 1 West champions. So uh, um, impressive feat by uh, Cadbury and uh, congratulations to them. Absolutely, and f- penalties figuring large in our cup coverage um, this week, but we will come to that later. We will turn our attention to those um, fixtures for Saturday the 29th of April. We will start in the Premier Division, and two of the Premier Division's big boys battled it out in Bradford Town. It was Bradford against Willand, and not too much to separate these two sides, Tom. No, a battle between the two, two sides in the top six, you're saying. It was Bradford who, who took the lead in the 37th minute, uh, thanks to a long-range effort from Martin Lenahan uh, before Willand hit back uh, just 10 minutes from time with Dan Weston heading home in equaliser that guaranteed uh, Bradford's highest ever finish uh, so a really really uh, impressive season for them very much so and of course Willand um, who were in action in the uh, the Les Phillips Cup only uh, a day or so after that, that game but um, we'll come to that later Bridport entertained Bitten yeah and Bridport ended their season on a high uh, a 3-2 win at home in front of a really healthy crowd um, it was second half goals from uh, Cameron Andrews Josh Hull and Mark Salter helped them come from behind to, to, to win against Bitten uh, at St Mary's Field 3-2 win now it's good to see that the curse of the the podcast is alive and well. And uh, this week befalling Hallen, um, who travelled to Brislington. And, um, well, um, they were on the end of... Uh 
uh, of a comprehensive defeat. They were, but they did the business. They've uh, they've managed to stay up despite this this defeat. Uh, a three 0 loss away at Brisington uh, with Brisington with the uh, home side scoring through Danny Barwood, James Batchelor, and Josh Williams. It was celebration time at the Creek. Uh, it was the coronation of um, Bristol Manor Farm. They got to celebrate their achievement of winning Tool Station Western League Premier Division with a home game uh, at home to Sherbourne Town. It was a riotous scoreline. I'm sure a riotous time was had by all and a huge crowd so big in fact it even pipped that at Melksham Indeed, uh, 402 fans there to enjoy Bristol Manor Farm's 5-0 win at home to the relegated Sherbourne side, uh, helping them smash through the 100-point barrier for the season. Uh, Troy Simpson opened the scoring in uh, the 21st minute for Lulashenko's side before Ben Bamant doubled the lead, uh, following a penalty miss from uh, his teammate Jack Durant just prior to half-time. Uh, and then after the half, uh, half-time break, they added further goals from Aaron Robbins, Jake Cox and then Simpson again uh, to confirm his spot at the top of the... Uh, uh, Premier Division scoring list for this season and yeah 5-0 win for Bristol Manor Farm and uh, a fantastic season and um, yeah every every congratulations to them possible that was a really impressive uh, 33 wins they managed to rock, rack up the season in the league uh, and they ended it on a high as you say well, it would be lovely uh, to know, actually, whether that's some sort of record. Um, I mean, it certainly can't have been uh, rivaled on too many occasions. Hopefully some of the old Western League historians out there might come back to us on that one, Tom, because um, I'm not sure whether that's ever been equaled or bettered. But um, we should certainly take our hats off, put it on again, and then take it off once more to the achievements of Bristol Manor Farm, who not only won promotion, but they just kept on winning. So well done to Lee Lyshenko's men there. Um, Clevedon Town now. They entertain Chipping Sodbury. Another reasonably good crowd there and uh, not although not quite the one-sided school line from the previous game no no 93 hands there at hand stadium which was a, a, a good good showing and it was chipping Sodbury the away side who actually took the lead uh, following a Callum Kingdon own goal 15 minutes from time Archie Ferris helped uh, Clevedon claim the one all draw uh, with an equaliser Gillingham Town in their final Western League uh, game um, they travelled to Longwell Green Sports and their fans will uh, will leave will leave our league with fond memories of that visit yeah, their last league fixture ended on a high uh, a 2-0 win away from home unfortunately not, not aware of the goal scorers uh, but it's been a good season for them and I wish them all the best for the, the future and um, then we move to Melksham Town um, who entertained Wells City and another bumper crowd at Oakfields yeah, 380 there, and they had to come from behind to win, but once they did, they uh, won pretty convincingly a 5-1 win for Melksham. Uh, it was Harry Davidson who had headed the, the away side ahead early on before Joe Stradling equalised 10 minutes before the break. Uh, and then after half-time, uh, it was all one way, and Gary Higdon uh, straddling again, Dan Demkiv and uh, Sam Jordan all found the back of the net uh, in a dominant second-half performance for Melksham and a dominant end to their season. Yes, this is normally the time I tell you, what I give you give you some of my thoughts on the game from the... Uh, from the luxury of the sky bar but I wasn't there because um, I was over in Radstock so we'll come to that later now um, I can feel another rant coming on because I started this podcast by talking about the fantastic crowds that we saw across the league for the final uh, for the final games but um, wasn't the case at Odd Down of course we shouldn't forget Odd Down were last season's Premier Division champions they were up against Buckland Athletic who finished fourth this season but I've had a very good campaign um, that in particular that run in the um, the FA Vars we've enjoyed our conversations with Ellis late we've enjoyed our conversations with Ray Johnston of course the odd down manager as well so um, two of the Premier Division's big boys uh, coming head to head 
six goals scored so plenty of value for money and only 24 people watch this game I think that's, um, that's a really sad reflection on the quality that was, uh, was on offer yeah, bigger crowd they had on uh, Tuesday night for their their, their last their midweek home fixture. Uh, yeah, but looking ahead to the, the game that did take place on Saturday, and it was probably the most entertaining uh, clash of the weekend, especially in the third, third, uh, the Premier Division. Uh, a three-all draw, as you say. Uh, Jared Lewington and Charlie Johansson each scored pretty early to, to fire Buckland into a, a two-goal lead early on uh, before goals either side of the break from John Sage and Ben Witch. Helped Dodd down comeback level. Uh, Lewington then added his 28th league goal of the season uh, to put Buckland ahead again. Uh, but for the for the second time, Odd down managed to fight back and uh, a Dave Gould penalty uh, quite late on uh, salvaged a point for the, the Bath side. Well, hopefully next season. Um, I know Ray told me earlier in the season when we interviewed him for the podcast that they've got ambitions of regaining the title that, of course, they won last season. I, I would hope that... Um, uh, that Odd Down's um, attendances are commensurate with that ambition because obviously there's a lot of good football played up there and uh, we'd like to think that people get to go and, uh, get to go and support their side. Anyway, um, carrying on in the uh, Premier Division, Shepton Mallet were at home to Cribs. Yeah, and a two-all draw uh, between the sides. I'm not not aware of who the, the goal scorers were, unfortunately. Obviously, Cribs had their, their big game on, on Monday, so uh, pretty good for them to, to claim a point away from home. Uh, both did quite well this season, to be honest. Uh, mid-table finishes, Cribs 8th and Shepard Mallet 12th, so uh, uh, they shared the points. And Street signed off their Premier Division campaign at home to the Gloucester FA Challenge trophy winners Cadbury Heath and um, I think the street fans will have gone home if they weren't happy before they will have certainly gone home even happier afterwards Richard's phase men doing well in their final game yeah extremely worthy runners up this season 92 points I'm sure in, in recent seasons that may have been enough for, for the title or for not very close and obviously they were 10 points short this year uh, but a really, really um, commendable season for them. Uh, Steve Murray and Ross McCurlane uh, shot them into a two-goal lead uh, against Cadbury Heath before, before the visitors pulled a, a goal back on the hour mark. And it was then David O'Hare who scored Street's final goal of the season, uh, 30 minutes from time to wrap up the 3-1 win. Boss, we need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Tool Station. But it's a... Uh... A hand, yes. It's showing me around the Tool Station website. Nice. Yeah. I've selected paints, cables, sealant and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock, hit this button, thanks hand, and it's ready to collect in 20 minutes. So get the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect. Another helping hand from Tool Station. Your best mate for the job. Now we move into the Tool Station Western League First Division and we kick off with Bishop Sutton, who were in awesome form against Calm Town. Yeah, one of their biggest wins of the season, Bishop Sutton. Uh, a 5-1 win at home uh, to, to Carlton, who obviously have struggled this season a bit. And there were goals for Courtney Charles, Scott Gregory, Reese John and Omar Simpson uh, for, for Bishop Sutton. And now Chard Town, they entertained Warminster Town. Yeah, and no, pretty entertaining the game there. Um, Chard managing to win 3-2. Uh, second half double from Taufik Benslem, uh, plus the goal from James Boyland, uh, helping them fight back from a half-time deficit. The Denning Sportsfield claim the 3-2 win. 
and Chippenham Park. Uh, they continued their recent good form at home to Ormondsbury Uwe. Yeah, they've been in staggering form in 2017, Chippenham Park. Just one defeat in, in the last five months. Um, they finished uh, in eighth, despite having the three-point deduction earlier this season. Uh, and they managed to claim a 2-1 win uh, to end their season against relegated Ormondsbury Uwe. Uh, Jamie Norman and Aaron Legister getting on the goal sheet. Um, Aaron Legister and Jamie Norman getting on the score sheet for uh, Chippenham Park. Now, um, Cheddar are a team that's uh, excited us over uh, over the weeks. They were going well at the top of the uh, of the first division, uh, but unfortunately, they couldn't sign off their first division campaign with a win, as they went to Devizes Town in the heart of Wadworthshire. Mm. 92 goals they've scored this season, Cheddar, so really good uh, in front of goal. Unfortunately, they did finish third, just six points short of promotion. Uh, and they finished, as you say, with a defeat away at Devizes, uh, who cemented their top half finish with goals from Ali Bradley and Dan Sloan, giving them a 2-0 win. Well, another high-flying team is Canesham Town, and uh, they signed off their campaign with a win at home to Ashton and Backwell United. Yeah, goals from Carl Box and Torin Wilson, uh, helping them to another another tuna win. Uh, it's good to see them finish on a winning note. Obviously, they were potentially title favourites at one point, uh, maybe around Christmas time. Uh, and 26 wins, not to be sniffed at, uh, but they've fallen just a little bit short, and obviously they'll come back stronger next year, I'm sure. And Oldland Amatonians, they were at home to Roman Glass St George. Yeah, good win for Oldland to sign off with, a 3-1 win uh, at home, uh, with goals from Dave Stone, Ash Bernard and Connor Davis. And I, I couldn't help but notice, Tom, in the uh, bulletin this week, which you, which you are, of course, the author of, um, you make a special reference to Oldland Amatonians secretary, Martin McConaughey. Yeah, indeed. Uh, really uh, admirable what he's done. Uh, he's back from his uh, <laughs> epic journey around all 92 Premier and Nationwide National League clubs, uh, which he took in with his sons quite recently, uh, collecting memorabilia and stuff like that to, to put on for auction uh, for the Sir Bobby Robson Foundation and the Adam Stansfield Foundation. Uh, and yeah, if you want to read about it, that's obviously in the bulletin. And um, all the best to, to, to Martin. And uh, thank you for getting in touch and sharing your story with us. Well done, Martin, there. Um, now, Portishead, they're at home to Corsham Town. Mm, and Corsham, they have ended the season really well. They've actually managed to finish 19th, uh, up into 40 po- 42 points, a point a game they've averaged out at. Uh, and they finished with a 1-0 well, win away from home at Portishead at uh, Bristol Road. Uh, they grabbed their third win of the v- in four games, uh, sorry, thanks to Josh Bright's first half strike. Uh, but they did have to survive late on, uh, following red cards to Aaron Masson and Emilio Murpak. Uh, but as I say, they managed to hold on for, for another win. And now the game that I was at, Radstock Town at home at Southfields, they entertained Championship Chasing Wellington. Um, well, I suppose we're not going to, there's no cliffhangers here, Tom, because uh, Wellington only needed to win to secure the first division title, and they did that in emphatic style. Mm. Yeah, we picked this out as an, an extremely difficult encounter for Wellington, uh, but they've managed to, to come through it as, as you say, a 2 0 win away at Radstock, uh, who had been scoring pretty freely recently, so to shut them out, very good, very impressive. Uh, and the new three points be enough and that's exactly what they got and uh, goals from Sam Towler and Tom Ellis led, led them to victory in the, the championship and uh, I'm reminded of my conversation one of my many conversations of course for regular podcast listeners will know we've had um, Hengrove manager Jamie Hillman on a few times and he was keen to praise um, the work of Clive Jones at uh, Wellington and particularly highlight the fact that Wellington have been f- very efficient in the way that they've gone about winning football matches he made the point to me uh, in a recent interview that you know a lot 
lot of man, a lot of sides will want to pass the ball to death. Actually, Wellington are very focused on the final outcome. They're very focused on getting the ball in the back of the net. That's how they win games. And uh, he, his insight was absolutely correct because that was the that was the tail of the tape at uh, Radstock Town. Radstock could easily have gone in uh, ahead, not by much, but they certainly had chances in the first half. It was nil all at half time. Wellington held their nerve. And in the chances that were created in the second half, it was that efficiency from Wellington that saw them over the line and uh, deserved champions they are too. Now, that game was on Saturday, and uh, I caught up with Wellington manager Clive Jones the morning after, the night before, to ask for his reflections on that game and a title-winning season. I'm delighted to welcome back to the Tool Station Western League podcast, Clive Jones, the manager of Wellington. Clive, it's the morning after the night before. How are you <laughs> feeling after securing the first division title? Um, quite happy, quite happy. I, I, yeah, I've had a few to drink. The lads have had a few to drink. I'm just pleased for everybody involved in Wellington Football Club at the moment. Um, I'm going to go and watch under 16 Wellington in a minute, and then I might feel even better when I get outside. Excellent. <laughs> when I spoke to you earlier in the year, um, yes. you, you made it clear to me then that this season, as far as you were concerned at the start, uh, it was a rebuilding season. It was a developmental season. You never had promotion, certainly not automatically. No. You never no, had promotion no, on the No, radio. I never had promotion in my mind. No. Not, not at any stage it's the truth there's no point in me making up stories and say I planned this I didn't plan it the players planned it I, I just focused them I helped them I guided them the players did this not me and it was their fantastic start to the season wasn't it that really that set the yeah, ball rolling yeah, and you just kept it going yeah with Wellington we have got this problem with the cricket ground and all I said to him, you, you can be in there or you can be totally out of the league before it really starts. August and beginning of September, we played nine games away from home. And, and people don't understand, that is hard work. Um, but we started off really well. We kept it going. And like I said, I, I, I can normally talk for England, but I can't this morning. I'm just so pleased for everybody. Because when we did speak back in uh, back in March, um, yes. given how well you'd done, you, you know, obviously you were targeting top two then because it was on yes. the cards. But uh, yes. you, you'd led the division for a long time this season. So was it important to you to actually get get over the line and, and reflect that achievement as champions? Uh, I, I can't put it better than what you just have. It, 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 would, it would have been a waste. I explained to the players with 10 games to go. I said, Let, let's be honest, lads. You know I've been there before. You, you boys haven't. I said, but I think the last 10 games should become easier because other teams aren't focused and we are. But we hit that brick wall. We kept drawing games we should have won. Um, I know I'm repeating myself and I'll keep repeating myself. It's how I am. But they deserve everything. And I told them yesterday, be greedy. Everyone knows I got well with uh, Jamie. And I said, but I want to win the league now, and you won't get another chance. So I appreciate Hengrove pushed us to the last minute, but I wish they told me on Friday they were going to draw. It's interesting you mentioned Hengrove, because, of course, in the, in the latter end uh, stages of the season, Hengrove were your challenges. But actually, yes. one of the fascinating things about the First Division title race this season was that there were, there were four teams yes, genuinely in it. And, and did that keep you on your toes? Um, not me, 
as a manager, no, I, I, I don't look at other teams. But I just felt with Hengrove, they were, they were a team of men, and I knew they wouldn't crumble. I knew they would keep going. And at one time, I think we were 13 points ahead of them, and nobody was talking about them. But I said, I've known Jamie for a long time. I, I, you saw it coming, but I couldn't stop it. So for a little period of time that we were drawing, everyone thinking, oh, you're doing all right, you're doing all right. But I saw it coming, I couldn't stop it. So I lost my way for a month, but we got it back. And I'm just pleased we got over the line yesterday. I mean, you talk about the draws that you had, but actually when yeah. you look at the fixtures, you have not lost in the league since January. That is an awesome achievement into the run into the end of the season. Yes. Definitely. And same again, that's down to the players. We have trained every single week. They haven't said, no, can we not train? You know, I haven't talked about finances. And I've got players who drive from Bridgewater. I've got people, I've got a goalkeeper who lives in Minehead, but they've turned up training every week and they've got their rewards for that. You know, and I, I can I say more about them? They did it, not me. Well, I, I had the pleasure of watching you yesterday. Um, right. You, you, you had to go to Radstock, um, yep. and you had the future was in your hands. The championship yes. was in your hands, but you had to go away to Southfield's Recreation Ground against yes. a side that was ten games unbeaten. Radstock, no <clears throat> mean feat at home. Um, yet you, uh, your boys, saw out the game, and you must be very pleased with the efficiency with which they secured the three points. Well, I said to him before, and like I said to you earlier in this interview, I'd go to Radstock and I'd take a point. But yesterday we couldn't because of our failures in other games. Me saying the failures is a bit harsh on the players, but we've lost points we shouldn't have lost. And it was our own fault. And that's how I did the team talk. It was their own fault. So they had to put it right, not me. The team had to put it right. And they did. And like I said, they've gone the whole season. We've only lost four games. Wellington, the players, they deserve to win the league. You know, it's just at any level of football, you lose four games, they deserve everything that's been said about them at the moment. Realistically, is, is now, yes. now, now a time is for celebration. Um, yes. But have you got one eye on, on next season and how you're going to go in the Premier uh, Division? Well, people who know me know me exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to have two weeks off and I'm not even going to talk about it. And then I'll be back on it. Uh, the players can have May and June off. I am definitely going to be Wellington's manager next year. And my head straight away tells me we're going to have to win 10 football matches to stay in that league. I expect other clubs to come in after my players because we are part of the fact they don't get paid and I will not stand in their way. But yeah, I'll get us ready and it's going to be very, very hard. Well, if you don't want to talk about it, then I'm not going to ask you, Clive. But <laughs> what, what, I am, what I am going to say is we've had the pleasure of interviewing the Hengrove manager, um, Jamie Hillman, on a number of occasions. I know that he, as you said, were, he, he's a competitive man and he obviously yeah. wanted Hengrove to win. In, yeah. in, of course, what's turned out to be um, his final season as manager at the club. Maybe not forever, which, but certainly still. No, which is a shame. I hope Jamie is back in football because uh, maybe I'm a bit awkward but so there aren't that many they're not all good managers you know there's some good teams with not good managers there's some poor teams with good managers but in Hengrove you've got a good team and a good manager at Wellington you've got a good team and a good manager the best two teams came from top two uh, Jamie's not going to um, he wouldn't uh, argue with that and actually um, he's made it clear to me that you know given uh, the dominance you've had at the top of the division you know you are worthy winners uh, Hengrove worthy runners up in many respects but um, oh, okay. Wellington um, worthy winners so Clive from all Thank of us you. here at the podcast um, congratulations on winning the Tool Station Western League First Division <laughs> Thank you very much 
and my thanks to Clive Jones for that interview. Now, um, moving just down the road from Southfields into the heart of Midsummer Norton, Welton Rovers, they were they signed off their campaign at home to Malmesbury, Victoria. Yeah, and it was the away side, Malmesbury, who managed to win uh, and confirm ninth spot. Uh, a 2-1 win away from home with Jamie Packer and uh, the pretty prolific Samuel Parker uh, getting on the score sheet for them. Now, if Hengrove were to wrestle the title away from Wellington at the final knockings, they needed to win away at Westbury United. No mean feat. Did they do it, Tom? Unfortunately not. Uh, a one-all draw for Hengrove, obviously inconsequential in the end uh, due, to, due to Wellington's win. Uh, but they did manage to come from behind to, to claim the point. Uh, Martin Johnson uh, put, put Westbury United ahead, not the former rugby player, I don't believe, uh, before <laughs> Asa White uh, scored his 35th goal of the season. Uh, he was top of the charts in, in the first division this season uh, helped them claim the point um, and that was obviously not enough for the for the title as we all know but it was enough for second place obviously uh, and promotion uh, very much deserved there uh, the most um, the highest scoring team in the division 105 goals they managed to rack up this year uh, 27 wins which was the same as Wellington uh, so yeah really good good season for, for Hengrove obviously and uh, we look forward to seeing them in the Premier Division next season and seeing how they get on up there and finally uh, Wincanton Town they weren't at the races at home to Bishops Lydiard last time we were there this year uh, <laughs> it was as you say Bishops Lydiard a uh, free one went away from home uh, Zach Ryder scoring twice uh, and Mark Clooney also on the score sheet for them uh, but they did all <laughs> they have another side who had two men sent off despite winning uh, and Amari Ruiz and uh, Charlie Wilson red carded for them in this one now we would uh, we would wrap everything up there now because that's the that's the league program done but we have the small matter of two Les Phillips Cup semi-finals uh, that were played on Bank Holiday Monday and um, well we're, uh, we're, we're these are coming to you listeners hot off the press the first game we'll look at was the game between um, Gillingham of course what we now know to be their their last home game in the uh, in the Western League, they entertained Melksham. Melksham had a large travelling support. It was a it was a close affair. Tom, how did this one how did this one pan out? It was a very close affair. Just the one goal in it, and it was uh, it was Melksham who managed to to claim the win. Uh, a second half goal, um, quite soon after the break from Mike Parrott, header uh, leading them to the one 0 win. Uh, I have seen the video of the goal. They've posted on Twitter, which was good to see. Uh, uh, a Cristiano Ronaldo esque celebration from from. Mr. Parrott, who I know from his Bath City days, uh, so Melksham, the one 0 winners, and they did uh, they did it, did it hard, the hard way with Dan Demkiv uh, sent off seven minutes from time, uh, but Gillingham uh, they weren't able to force the the equaliser, and it's Melksham who go on to, to Saturday's final. And after that game, I caught up with Melksham manager and, of course, a friend of the podcast, Darren Perrin, who gave us his reflections not only on that game but also on what's proved to be a historic season for the Wiltshire club. It has. It's been a, a very successful season. We've obviously finished thirds uh, in the 12 Station League, uh, behind obviously Bristol Manor Farm and Straight. Congratulations to both those clubs. And we've obviously got to the Les Phillips Cup final for the first time in the club's history. So, um, like you quite rightly like said, moving into the new ground as well, it's, it's just capped off, obviously, uh, a very, very special season for us. Now, you came up against Gillingham. You were away from home. Um, Gillingham, of course, looking to sign off their time in the Tall Station Western League um, with a bang. And um, they made it hard work for you, didn't they? Not very much so. Uh, The pitch, as as most pitches are now, was very hard, very bumpy, very bobbly. We went there and 
taking into account that Killingham had only beat us 1-0 two weeks prior to yesterday at the Oakfield Stadium. So we, we were under no illusions how tough it was going to be. They were good sides, but we deserved it. On, we deserved to win yesterday. We were very professional and we got the job done and we look forward to obviously Saturday now against a very, uh, a very good proof side. Yeah, we'll have a chat about your opponents on Saturday in a minute, but you've had an interesting path to the uh, to the final. Started off with a routine victory against Bishop Sutton, then you had the small uh, matter of a of a of a Wiltshire derby with um, with Warminster, and then in the quarterfinals you had to overcome Buckland Athletic, a specialist in cup competitions, done, having done incredibly well in this year's FA Vars. So it's been a difficult path, isn't it, to Street? Oh, it's very, very difficult, but then I'm sure it's been difficult for Cribs and it's been difficult for other sides, but um, we've taken the competition seriously all the way through and um, and we've got our just rewards in getting to the final, but uh, it means nothing getting to the final unless uh, unless we win it. We'll enjoy the day out, but we're not just going for a day out. We are going, we are going, we are desperate to try to go and win it and uh, we will have incredible support there. I would imagine we will take between two and 300 fans. Yesterday, I think the crowd at Gillingham was 206, of which 150 were, must have been from Melchon. So we're looking forward to it, but we are still got to win a football match, and we're well aware of that. Well, you go into the game, as you rightly say, with a, with a lot of support from Melchon, but also a lot of pressure, because you're going into this as favourites, aren't you? I don't know. I haven't seen the, seen the pen I'll see it. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, in the sense that we finished third and Cribs finished seventh or eighth, then probably we are going in, going in as slight favourites, but it, it's a one-off game. It's a one-off game. It's the cup final. Cribs are a big, strong side. Got a lot of respect for Cribs. And as I said earlier, same as Gillingham, we're under no illusions how tough it's going to be. We will show them the utmost respect that they deserve but we're also confident that if we play to our full, full potential that we can win the, that we can win the, uh, the game and win the cup and my thanks as always to Darren Perrin for his time for that interview now we move on to the final semi-final and uh, this is for the right to face Melksham in uh, Saturday's uh, Les Phillips Cup final which will be played at Street who will it be will it be Cribs or will it be Willand we'll have to wait and see it was Cribs uh, <laughs> I mean we're saying we'll have to wait and see it was uh, obviously the, the, the Melksham result was in uh, full time was uh, on the full time whistle and I was sat there waiting on on social media and uh, the tool station site waiting for the other results to come in and it, it, time passed and time passed and I was wondering if the game would actually happen uh, till eventually <laughs> found out the game obviously had gone to extra time uh, and there was, uh, it finished one all after extra time so it falls to penalties and then uh, the marathon of all penalties shootouts uh, finally finished in Cribs' favour an 11-10 victory on spot kicks for them and it's they who will meet Melksham uh, in Saturday's final and have you got all 21 penalty takers who were successful I've not got one of them unfortunately uh, no information uh, <laughs> but we do know they won 11-10 on penalties that has been confirmed so congratulations to Cribs <laughs> of course I was joshing there but um, more importantly we have managed to spare the blushes of the unfortunate player who um, um, who, who, who missed that crucial penalty epic I think 
is the word. And of course, it does mean that um, that Cribs will face uh, Melksham in the final of the Les Phillips Cup. And I was lucky enough to catch up with Tony Beecham, the manager of Cribs, and ask for his reflections on that epic semi-final encounter with Willand. Yeah, we, we played really, really well. Uh, it was unfortunate we went 1-0 down uh, against the runner play, I thought. Um, and then second half, we come out and equalised and, and thoroughly deserved to, to get our equaliser and, and we're on top of the game. Um, unfortunately, we had a man sent off after 65, but the lads left on the pitch, ran their socks off for me and uh, lucky enough we got through and then into extra time and then uh, we got through on penalties, which was a great result for us. Well, that's something of an understatement. Um, there's not many games finish 11-10 um, on penalties. How were your nerves at the end of it? Oh, they weren't good, trust me. <laughs> trust me, they weren't good. Um, obviously, going through the whole, whole team, including the goalkeeper, uh, was, a bit, was a bit worrying. But uh, lucky for us, um, George King got the, the second penalty of the day and unfortunately the winner had, uh, had his save. So... It was, uh, it was all good for us. Well, your Les Phillips um, Cup journey started at Corsham Town. It was a narrow affair, um, but much, much easier when you were away at, at Hallen and then away again at Shepton Mallet. You've done it the hard way, haven't you? Yeah, definitely. A lot, a lot of games away from home. Um, but we, we've sort, we basically sorted ourselves out and the way we play, and, and I'm very happy with the side. If we have a little look at the uh, the league table, you're, you're eighth in the final reckoning. It's been an incredibly competitive Premier Division, as we've covered on the podcast this season. But you've come in under the radar, haven't you, a little bit? Are you the best-kept secret in the Western League? <laughs> I like to think so. I like to think so. Um, I took over in the summer, and um, my name was to build, uh, build on the season from last year. And I wanted to surprise a few teams, if I'm honest. And... Uh, we've got great young sides, a few experienced lads in, and we we have competed with the top sides. But unfortunately, we've let ourselves down against against the lower side, should I say? And um, that's what's cost. But we've had a great season of finishing eighth. We've just finished below the, the teams that that have got a budget. We haven't got a budget, and they're happy. Well, Odd Downer just above you. They were last season's Premier League winners. Will and Rovers, we've talked about. They were your opponents. You beat them. Bradford Town have been doing well. And then we're up into the ranks of Buckland and Melksham at third. Does it suit you going into this this game, dare I say it, as the underdogs? Yes, definitely. We go into the game as underdogs. and We always seem to perform better against the higher teams. And we'll be looking, really looking forward to the game on Saturday. Uh, they're a good team, Melksham. Uh, they got a great manager in Darren Perrin. But uh, I'll be sending my side out to, uh, to upset the apple cart on Saturday. And we'll be looking to win that trophy. It's going to be a fantastic occasion, as the Les Phillips Cup final always is. Melksham are already gearing up to bring a large travelling support. But I imagine that there'll be a fair few from Cribs coming to support your boys. Yeah, we'd like to think so. Obviously, we're a little club. We don't get many supporters, but I'd like to think there will be a few from Cribs there on Saturday. So, fingers crossed. And my thanks to Tony for his time there. Now, at this point in the podcast, we normally go over the fixtures that are coming up. But, of course, there's only one, and we've just talked about that, the Les Phillips Cup final coming up on um, 
uh, on Saturday. So um, we'll have a ref- we'll have a brief reflection, Tom, on the final standings in the final table. That was, of course, the main order of business with the last round of fixtures in the Tool Station Western League. So uh, normally I butcher the table by coming out with some bizarre mathematical formula about where people can finish. But you're going to add clarity to the voice of nonsense that I normally bring. Indeed. Well, every team's played the same amount of matches. Obviously, we finished, so uh, no movement <laughs> to be to be done. And obviously, it's Bristol Manor Farm who sit top of the Premier Division. Uh, 33 wins from their 38 games and a couple of draws gave them 102 points. Uh, with a goal difference of 85, extremely impressive. Obviously, we know they've they've stormed to the title. Uh, we had Street in second, uh, 10 points behind on 92. Uh, and then Melksham uh, on 85, thanks to their very good home form over the second half of the season. Uh, and then Buckland, must get a shout out, they came fourth, 83 points. Uh, and two points behind Melksham, who finished fourth. Uh, down at the bottom, Sherborne, unfortunately, uh, just 13 points from their 38 fixtures. Uh, goal difference of a minus 109, uh, so not a, not a strong season for them. Uh, and Bitten uh, in 19th with 19 points. Uh, and Hallen played 38, got 22. Uh, and then fourth bottom, Longer Green Sports, who actually picked up a couple of late wins. Uh, they finished on 34 points. And then down in the first division, obviously we know Wellington's victory gave them the title. Uh, 42 games played in that division, 92 points for them. Um, Hengrove in second, 42 played, 88 points. Uh, Cheddar down in third, uh, 82 points. Kenshima further goal, uh, further point back uh, with 81. And also Radstock uh, on 74 points, obviously, as I said earlier. Um, pretty impressive season for them. Uh, 42 played, 74 points. Uh, down at the bottom, Almondsbury Uri, uh, finished bottom. The great escape couldn't be achieved. Um, plenty of uh, late season form, but not enough. Uh, they finished 42 played, 28 points. Carntown was second bottom, 34 points. Welton on 37, and then Corsham, thanks to their uh, three wins in four to finish the season. They finished on played 42 points, 42. Tom, thank you very much indeed for your uh, for your time. You filed your copy for the non-league paper? Yeah, that's in there, the final one of the season, looking back on the, the final week of the Premier Division, obviously uh, a fair bit, of, fair, bit of, fair bit of content in there about the Bristol Manor Farms uh, successful, successful title win. And of course we talked about the bulletin um, that's now available on the Toolstation website, isn't it? Yeah, the penultimate bulletin of the season uh, looking back on the final week's fixtures uh, and yeah, um, again, looking <laughs> and plenty of pictures in there actually, which uh, of teams celebrating, which is lovely to see at the end of the season. Now we will be back for one last episode of the uh, the podcast next week, not just reflecting on the Les Phillips Cup final between Melksham and Cribs, but also reflecting on our thoughts of what's been a fascinating season in both the Premier Division and the First Division of the Tool Station uh, Western League. That will be our last formal podcast. You never know what Tom and I might get up to in the summer months, but. Uh, that will be the last formal podcast covering this season and uh, we hope you enjoy it for, from Tom and myself here in, in the Ram Tom's going to go and get another round in and uh, we'll call it a day then on the Tool Station Westerly podcast <laughs>